I'm Richard Fieldhouse. And I'm Sarah Chambers. And this week we've been looking at the NESGP's checklist for home visits. Um, we often go through and revise our, our templates and our, and our stuff on our website. And this one has come up and, and we've had a, it's, it's a, it's a three-page downloadable Word template or Google Doc. Um, and the idea of it is that a, a practice receptionist will fill this in um, for each patient that uh, is due to be visited by a GP or whoever for that day. Sorry, you've been looking through it a bit today as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is uh, visits are always a real hot topic when we're talking to our locum colleagues. In fact, we, I, I was at a group meeting last night, and um, not, not a not a meeting goes by without us talking about visits. You know, the highs and lows of visits. Um, some people love them; they love being uh, out and about under their own steam in their cars and going into patients' homes and the uh, context that gives them. Other find, others find them very frustrating. Um, and we've even got a colleague actually who's, who's joined one of these acute visiting services and it was interesting hearing what he had to say about it. Um, anyway, the checklist came about because some of the uh, frustrations that happens with visits we figured um, could be ameliorated if uh, better quality information uh, was captured to, to pass on to the locum or actually to any GP doing the visits and visits are a tricky area aren't they because it's one area where perhaps often you are talking about complex frail patients where the, the chestnut about relationship continuity could be important couldn't it Richard? Well yes you 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 the the, the often the sole the, the reason why someone needs a visit is because they are yes of an age or, or, or have a condition which makes transport to the practice difficult um, and and it, it, they're in an area where particularly we as locums if we're, we're, we're going in to lots of different practices just might not know the area won't understand the pa- the context of the patient's family and, 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 and previous things I mean we get of course we have that a lot in, a, in, in, in our ordinary surgery but in our ordinary surgery we have the clinical IT system to fall back on we can go and ask other colleagues about this but but where the visit we're on our own and often there are all sorts of other constraints there's there's you know whether it's dark outside finding the house navigating an area we don't know about uh, traffic conditions all these sorts of things so by even by the time we've arrived um, with our surgery having run run, run late and we've arrived at the, at, the, at the patient's house maybe late we're then f- faced with a, a, a very unknown scenario that we're, mm. we're, we're completely unfamiliar yeah. with I mean I do often question whether um, something like visits is, is just not something that is much better done by by practice-based GPS who really do understand the, the local environment much better yeah, I, 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 do, I, I sometimes wonder that too. Um, but I guess the idea of developing this checklist is that is that some of the things that that hold us up that are inefficient uh, that I find, you know, I, I and other locums find it inefficient when we go to visits are are things that, that it's not the soft intelligence, as you say, about the local area. Um, uh, and about the patient, and we, we the checklist is okay. Well, if you are going to do a visit, can is there a way of of capturing this? Could somebody taking the visit request just spend a couple of minutes going through this checklist uh, with the person that's requesting the visit, who may not be the patient, um, just to to gather that for you? And also, I think by having the first point is, I guess, having the checklist. It's a signal to the practice staff 
dealing with requests if any were needed that uh, that, that that home visits are a, are a big deal it's not just a case of taking a name um, they're a big deal um, it's also a signal to perhaps the person requesting the visit that you know the, the, there's some important matters that need to be considered, and so. Well, the, so give us some examples. Well, the, I mean, I, I've got so as you say that the substance of the actual form is is two sides of A4, and there's a third side that the practices can pre-populate with useful contacts that you might need when you're out on the visit. What sort of contacts have you got there? Well, we've got the direct access number for the practice. Really important uh, if it's uh, if the practice lines go down in the middle of the day if the practice closes its doors to patients and you're stuck out in the middle of nowhere and can't reach them because the main line is down um, obviously then you're just going through the emergency stuff like ambulance um, on the day ambulance uh, services medical admissions care of the elderly admissions surgical admissions you may know this but if the practice pre-populates it it's just a signal this is the little richness of information you need when you're out there yeah. um, the mental health crisis team community care con- contacts your district nurses and any sort of rapid access community care that we're all being encouraged to know about and use as a, as a means to avoiding unnecessary admissions. And like you say, the, the uh, practice can download the template and pre-populate it and therefore they've got it forever. They don't have to spend the time Each adding time, all of that. Yeah. But even if even if a practice did have to spend, what, five minutes adding adding that information, um, it could save us half an hour yeah, and, yeah. And, 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 and reduce risk to the patient and improve the quality of the visit by having it there at our fingertips. Absolutely, and that very much, that spending a couple of minutes um, it very much applies to the rest of the document and each of these fields on these two sides of A4 uh, I believe are necessary because they're based on real life glitches that I've hit on home visits that have cost uh, a lot of time and uh, energy and efficiency and so for instance just simply collecting the address of the visit very often you get the practice record the, the standard medical printout and um, you know I've arrived at a visit only to be told well yes that's the address the patient's address but they're actually staying in this nursing home and the visit was for the nursing home you know simple stuff that nobody had captured which led to a 20 minute delay for me getting to my next surgery 20 minute delay for the patient and, and you know just stress and phone calls yeah, to that's the happened to me as well yeah um, the other thing um, about the visit request um, sometimes it's it's really not clear what the new issue is as to why you're you're visiting somebody who's maybe got complex ongoing problems and actually just to get the sort of what is it uh, that doesn't often come across the, the third thing is who actually asked for the visit and I've, I've arrived to a visit uh, with uh, you know, a frail elderly person who was as deaf um, who had no idea that a visit had been requested and didn't know what it was for. So to have known who was concerned, why they requested the visit, um, and how they could be contacted, um, if that didn't break confidentiality, that would have been really, really helpful to know. But there, there are also some really good prompts on there, because even if the, the receptionist, whoever is, 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 is writing this, doesn't know the answer and when you pick this up to go on your visit and, and you can see there's a prompt for example asking you um, more about the visit request or some some background information it can prompt you to actually hold on a minute that that's a bit of useful information that I'm probably going to really find useful I'm going to Although if it's not being completed, I can go off and ask the last GP sure. who saw it. It's not in the note or, yeah. or whatever. I mean, I think the whole document is a sort of an aspirational document. I mean, and it, you know, it may not be some of the other fields that we'll talk about in a moment. It may not be necessary or appropriate for for all of them to be filled in. But it's just a prompt, um, uh, you know, for, 
it, it, it's just a prompt. It's just getting the person that's taking the request, perhaps getting the person who might be often a GP who's allocating the visits just to think, okay, you know, what other, if we're giving this visit to a locum or one of our GPs that's never met this patient or hasn't been here long or doesn't know the area well, um, is there any other enriched information I can give them that's really going to help speed this up for them and for the patient? So the next, the next two items I think are really important. It's called finding and accessing the patient's home and often postcodes can let us down if you've got a, in an urban area if you've got a new build um, that you could, postcodes can send you on the on the wrong path and in rural areas you know don't don't get me started um, the second thing is just asking will anyone be present during the visit um, can the patient answer the door or can someone else answer the door if not how will the doctor get into the home again based on real life incidences when you uh, arrive uh, knocking on the door at the correct house you finally managed to find the house and the door just won't open and you wonder what on earth's going on is someone inside collapsed or am I meant to ask a neighbour or is there a door code somewhere um, so very often elderly people can't come to the door and if, if, if there's no one there with them how are you actually going to get in and it's just to think about that level of detail and the number of times I've had to phone a practice and say how do I get in oh yes we meant to tell you about the key code thank you but also if, if the house hasn't got a number if it's got a name you know like it'll do or or, or, or whatever these the, you name your house and there's no number there I find those really uh, oh yeah I mean I've got also I've got yes I've done that and where, where there's um, oddities in the numbering of houses and I've I've been kind of walking down looking in the backs of people's houses only to be met with who are you yeah. <laughs> and it, it, the wrong house so helpful directions helpful pointers you know it's the pink house on the left past the pub that kind of granular information it's simple to collect if you've got the knowledge simple if you know it but it can be um, devastating for your timekeeping if you don't know it so it's just a prompt really importantly I think and uh, is a section safety and security issues and this is to do with if, if there's a known history that the patient's patient themselves is difficult or if their home is in a location that's known to be um, uh, threatening in some way um, or if there are any family members or large dogs who are known to be a problem and again mm, all based on on real life stuff visiting quite scary places which to me just look like an address but to people in the practice they might have known that 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 area that that address was known well, we had a story be. didn't we last week some poor gp in birmingham um was mugged on a visit in daylight mm. and had his brand new audi stolen it's it's horrible yeah yeah uh, um, I know, yeah, all sorts of safety issues there, and I, you know, I think that um, there's a we've got to look after each other. And um, I, I've been to some really scary places, and you know, at, at times I've thought, should I, should I be doing this? You were telling me the other day you went to visit in an alcoholic's den above a garage. Yeah, I had to, I had to, it was above a, a mechanic. They were, it turned out to be lo lovely people but very threatening and I had to sort of climb up a loft ladder into a ceiling and really didn't know what I was walking into and a actually it was more sad and tragic than scary when I got there but um, it would have been really nice to have been prepared for that yeah. um, and to have someone know where I was or have some sort of plan. Um, yeah, not nice. Um, the second page of the... Of the um, of the checklist might be one that's softer information that the receptionist might know but hopefully practices can maybe get a routine amongst them as to who's going to fill in which bits but it's about the social care package um, so often you you visit 
perhaps a frail elderly housebound person and it's clear that they've got various people coming in that they'll call by their first names you know oh yes well Tracy comes in on such and such a day and Malcolm comes in on this day and you're thinking brilliant so who are these people are they are they Mills and Wills are they district nurses are they uh, social workers are they OTs and it would be really nice to know what package that person has got around them so you uh, you might have to contact somebody or just just to work out what, what services they've got and often because services are so fragmented it's quite confusing the, the, the patient themselves may not know who these people are what their roles are what their contact information is and it can be really difficult to find that out so if anybody at the practice does have soft intelligence about which services are involved that can be enormously helpful and it, I think another killer question we've put on is is this patient in palliative care or are they known to be nearing the end of their life and you know again this stuff isn't always discussions about end of life care whether their wishes have been recorded whether there's a DNA CPR in place there's varying levels of in different practices of how well these things are recorded and how accessible they are particularly if they appear on the printout that you're given when you're going to the front desk to pick up your your list of visits or whatever uh, it, it, and this is really important information if you're if you're visiting someone who's near the end of their life and you might be considering a hospital admission and that might not be a good idea not not a good idea mm. it's very very crucial to know that and then the final box is just the patient's you know general condition you, you may have a printout that says you know they've got um they've got ischemic heart disease and heart failure and diabetes but actually what what but what's their actual normal day-to-day condition about you know what's their usual level of mobility um what's their usual mental state um and their co- level of cognitive ability um because again you know i've, I've been to visit patients who are sort of chair bound and not with it and you really don't know whether that's an acute state which would be very different to how you'd interpret it mm. if they've been like that for the last two years and that sort of information obviously a receptionist is probably not going to know but that that's where the triage gp or again that's what i say you could be prompted before you go off get into your car that you can go and actually go and ask the last gp yeah. you saw them hey just you know this is a good point it it it, it, it adds that that sort of soft intelligence yeah. about the patient i mean what you, you've spent You've gone into a lot of detail, fantastic detail there about what's involved. There's an awful lot of detail there. And I, and, and the, some of the feedback I've heard about people using this form is, oh, you know, there's no way we, we, we'd ask our receptionist to do this. They're, you know, they're, they're, it's, it would just take them too long. There'd be a revolt. The, the, the thing is that, that if, if, if just them spending a few minutes can save you uh, anything up to hours in your week, um, and and improve safety and everything else. It, it's a, it, I think it's a small ask. It's, the, the, and I think if you are getting pushback from receptionists, then take receptionists out on a visit with you almost, <laughs> and show them what how difficult it can be. Um, uh, we we do a very very difficult job, and 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 you know we have to be even more resilient these days uh, with with all the pressures on us. And and something like this, we really hope is gonna 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 help with that. Mm. We've got a, 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 a also on the NESGP website. We've been looking at um. Uh, Rachel Birch's blog from from the Medical Protection Society on on doing home visits and and um, uh, we'll, we'll that that signposted from this um, from the, from this download here from this this template uh, but there's be there's some really good 
really good things uh, she talks about. One, one thing that, that, that reminds me of is, is whether or not you phone patients before a visit, because of course that's another way to get get a bit of information before you actually turn up. Do you, Sarah, tend to visit, uh, phone patients before you go on a visit? I, I, I veer between, I, I usually do, and um, I, I went through a phase of doing it and actually, um, I usually do, and I usually do um, ask them if they're able to tell me about any uh, special considerations about how to find their house and parking and who's going to let me in. I usually do try and get that if it hasn't been provided for me and yes just to get their perspective on on what what the visit's for so it can save time getting there it can save time when you actually arrive there it, uh, it, it I went through a period where it was being very counterproductive and I thought actually I'm not I'm, you know I was arriving and I have to repeat it all over again and um, I thought actually am I just wasting time here and just get on with the visit but um, I, I think on balance I do tend to phone before if I can. Yeah I, I, I tend to as well partly because sometimes it actually we realise a visit just is not necessary yeah. there is that but also, um, um, it, you, you, by prompting some questions, you could, for example, you could you could suggest, well, actually, can you collect, collect a urine sample before I arrive? Yes, or can yes, you leave the door yes, open yes. Or, or whatever? Make your way through to the couch if we're going to do an examination. Yeah, something. but also, actually, on the drive there, it gives you that sort of headspace time to, that, to, to think with a different part of your brain about what's coming up and mm. sort of talk, walk through a few scenarios before you actually get into the, the heat of the visit as mm. it were mm. anyway so um that the template is is uh, all, all on our website you can find it in the locum toolkit in the in the toolkit for practices um search uh, using our search box for the word visits and you'll, you'll come up with um with that and also the uh the mps blog and um please leave any comments or feedback about about this podcast or about the blog or about the templates and um and any other requests you have. Thanks ever so much for listening. Happy visiting.